This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 231, and I am running solo talking about alcohol and intuitive eating and how to approach these things together. You can find all the links and resources mentioned at summerinandin.com forward slash 231. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Jay Barshop that left this review. Summer and her guests provide some incredibly compelling content that's geared to help you take actionable steps to live a healthier, more well-rounded life. Highly recommend listening and subscribing to Eat the Rules if you want the knowledge and mindsets to improve your body, mind, and spirit and live your best life as a result. Thank you so much for leaving that review. Leaving a review helps others to find the show and the information that you're learning here. You are contributing to the revolution to end diet culture by leaving a review for the show and by subscribing to it. So think about it as a good deed. You can do that by heading to iTunes, search for Eat the Rules and click ratings and reviews and then click to leave a review. Or you can just hit the subscribe button via whatever platform you use to listen to the podcast. If you haven't already done so, make sure you grab the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. In this episode, I wanted to talk about alcohol and intuitive eating. I received a listener question just wondering like how to approach alcohol within, you know, the sort of like anti-dieting mindset space. And uh, I wanted to just create an episode to answer that and create a resource for you. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about the two differences between alcohol and food when it comes to intuitive eating. We're going to be talking about the first thing that you want to assess when it comes to alcohol. We'll talk about how to make choices around alcohol in the moment and what to do if you feel guilty or avoid it for fear of weight gain. First of all, we've talked about alcohol on the show before. I had Holly Whitaker on the show. She's the author of Quit Like a Woman. It is an incredible book. That is episode 157. I highly recommend that you check that out. It just gives a much bigger perspective on the culture of alcohol. And it really opened my eyes to so many things. I'll I'll talk about it a little bit more at the end of this episode, but I wanted to label it here up front because it's just, it goes so much deeper than what I'm going to talk about today. And it really looks at the bigger picture of alcohol and it completely changed the way that I looked at drinking. 
So I, I always recommend it to people and the podcast is a great place to start. And then obviously you can read the book if you, if you want to go deeper, but she covers a lot of the key concepts in my interview with her. And so whenever we talk about alcohol, it's, it's, it's individual, right? Like if you feel like you may have a problem, then there's no shame in getting help. And there's lots of places that you can do that. There is a really good article that I will link to in the show notes for this episode that gives you a good rundown to assess whether or not you have a problem. And I think a lot of us think of having a problem with alcohol is meaning like that you, you know, that you black out all the time or that you're just falling down drunk or you're, you know, you keep a bottle of whiskey in your drawer at work and having a problem doesn't really mean that you have to be that extreme with your drinking. It can just mean that it's interrupting your life in some way. Or if you feel, you know, like you can't go to a social occasion without it, then that may be indicative of, you know, that you might want to look at your relationship to it. I think labeling it as a problem sort of creates a bit of a stigma around it. And so, you know, to kind of think about it, like, you know, what's my relationship to it, which is actually something I'm going to talk about in here. But I really wanted to mention this up front because there is a high correlation between eating disorders and substance abuse. Uh, one of the stats says up to 35% of individuals who are dependent on alcohol or other drugs have also had eating disorders, a rate 11 times greater than the general popula- population. So I know a lot of you listening have maybe had an eating disorder or a disordered relationship with food, and there is a correlation there. So it's just something to be aware of, and only you can really assess that within yourself. So, you know, if you think that this may be a problem for you, this may be interrupting your life in some way, then, you know, just there's a lot of different resources. I'll link to one, and it is from uh, Tempest, which is a company that gives support for individuals who want to change their relationship to alcohol. So let's dive in. I'm going to talk about the first, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the two differences between alcohol and food and why we can't really compare these two things when it comes to intuitive eating. So number one, alcohol is not the same as food. Like our body does not treat that in the same way. Our body doesn't need alcohol to survive. Although I think it would probably feel that way if you had a dependency on it. But uh, biologically speaking, you know, we can survive completely fine and thrive without alcohol. And therefore, we can't really compare alcohol in the same way as food. It's like apples to oranges because they are completely different. We can eliminate or restrict our consumption of alcohol and be totally fine. So it's not one of those things where I would advise someone, okay, yeah, go give yourself, you know, full permission to to drink alcohol, like have it anytime you want in order to have a good relationship with it. Like that advice doesn't apply in this situation because they are just very different things. Whereas if it was food and let's say you were restricting chocolate and you were thinking about it all the time, my advice would be, okay, let's start to give yourself permission to eat as much of uh, as you want, whenever you want it, um, with the case of alcohol, like that would not be my that would not be my advice. Although I do think there are some instances where you probably do want to maybe give yourself permission if there's other certain things getting in the way, which we'll talk about later. The second main difference between alcohol and food when it comes to intuitive eating is that restricting alcohol is not the same as restricting food. So when we restrict food, we end up you know fixating on it. We end up usually over consuming it or binging on it if we try to restrict it. And that's not the same with alcohol. You're not going to, you know, binge on it if you decide to pass on it. 
And if you do do something like that, then again, like I would suggest seeking out some kind of support because that may be indicative of a bit of an issue for, for yourself in terms of your relationship with alcohol. But biologically speaking, the restriction of alcohol is not going to have the same effect as the restriction of food. Therefore, eliminating alcohol is not going to make you binge on it or fixate on it. And again, if you notice this, then that's, you know, a little bit of like a, a red flag, something to be curious about. It might mean you need to do some reflection and, and seek out some support. But what this also means is that it means that we can put limits on ourselves for our well-being. And this is not going to have the same types of consequences we see when we put limits on, on ourselves with food. So we can say like, okay, I'm only going to have, you know, one drink tonight, or I'm only going to, you know, drink like two days a week or whatever it is. And that's not going to have the same impact as saying like, okay, I'm going to only eat ice cream one day a week or whatever other kind of rules we put into place with food. That being said, if that elimination or limitation around alcohol is because you're afraid of gaining weight, then that's something to also to work on. And I'm going to speak to that later. So again, it sort of becomes this thing of, you know, what's your relationship to it? What are, you know, what are you, you know, how are you thinking about alcohol? And is it coming from the diet mentality? And, and I'm going to talk about that next, because that's the thing that we want to go into is assessing what might a good relationship with alcohol look like for you? So that's the first thing that you want to assess. If you're struggling with this, or you're questioning this, just, you know, answer that question. What might a good relationship with alcohol look like for you? And there are some questions that we can ask ourselves and a lot of the same intuitive eating principles can sort of guide this, this way of thinking and help us define what a good relationship with alcohol might look like. So some of the questions that you can ask yourself are, what is my relationship to alcohol now? How do I feel about that? Is it a source of enjoyment or is it being used to avoid or cope with emotions? Is it adding to my life in a positive way or not? Am I restricting food or over-exercising to make up for alcohol consumption? How does it make my body feel when I consume it? Can I give myself permission to enjoy it while also tuning into and honoring how it makes me feel during and afterwards? And what kind of changes you know, might I make to have a good relationship with it in my life? How might that look? And so the, I just listed a whole bunch of questions. So maybe you can (laughs) write those down for yourself and really think about it, but you just want to assess, you know, your current relationship to it and what you might change or how you're using it right now. And just be really honest with yourself and how might that change for you if you did have a good relationship with it. And that's going to look different for everybody. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Their product AG1 is something that I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I don't have time to always eat a wide variety of foods. And with my son in daycare, I need my immune system to be functioning as best as it can. And AG1 saves me from taking multiple different supplements. With AG1, I can have one drink and I know I'm giving my body its best chance at better immunity and energy. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's got a mild tropical taste and goes down easy. 
What I love is that for every purchase they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Hungry Kid in the U.S. As well, they are a climate-neutral certified company. To make it easy for you, listeners, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging to tend to your health and arm your immune system in an easy and convenient way. The next thing I wanted to talk about was how to make choices around alcohol in the moment. So when it comes to making a decision in the moment, we can use some of the same questions that we would ask ourselves when we are thinking about food. Not all the same things, but some of them when we look at alcohol. And so you might consider, you know, if you're feeling like having a drink, what do I feel like having? What would taste good? What would feel good? Why do I want to have this right now? What am I feeling emotionally right now? What does this feel like in my body during? What does this feel like after? I think that that's extremely important in <laughs> the next day as well. And another question, you know, if is weight or calories, are they coming into play here? And if so, you know, what would I do if, if those things didn't matter? And you can let those questions guide you. And again, this is going to look different for everyone. This is going to play out different for everyone. For you, you might decide, you know what? I don't want to have any. For somebody else listening, they might think, okay, you know, like I'm going to have it like a a couple days a week or when I am at a particular social event, I'm going to have like a few more, whatever that looks like for you. And I think we just, again, have to be really curious and and honest with ourselves about how we want to feel and and how we want that to look in in our life. The last thing I want to talk about, not the last thing, but one of the last things is what to do if you feel guilty or you avoid it for fear of weight gain. So if you feel guilty when drinking alcohol, I would want to know what you're feeling guilty about. Uh, there's this really great child psychologist I follow on Instagram who was talking about guilt recently. And she said, guilt is a sign that we've done something that isn't aligned to our internal compass or value system. So guilt is a sign that we've done something that isn't aligned to our internal compass or value system. And I really loved that statement. Before I go further, I just want to say her name is Ashley and her Instagram account is raising humans kind. And I love her content for parenting stuff. That being said, so she said this thing about guilt and I was like, oh, that's really good. The problem that I see with this is that is that many of our internal compasses or value systems are actually coming from places like diet culture. So they're not really our internal compass. It's something that we've inherited. It's like, you know, these scripts from our culture that are being influenced by the patriarchy, by a fat phobia, by any other, these other kind of, you know, sources of oppression. And therefore, it's a compass we hold that's actually leading us astray. So for example, diet culture teaches us that, you know, we always need to be thinking about how food's going to impact our weight. That's not a helpful internal compass. Therefore, if we feel guilty, that's actually a good thing because it means we're divesting from that compass that we no longer want to have in our life. 
So to put that into perspective, if you ate pizza and then you feel guilty about it, you can ask yourself, you know, whose internal compass am I relying on? Am I relying on diet culture or am I relying on my own? And so it's the same thing with alcohol. We can reflect on the guilt to see where that's coming from. And since alcohol is not the same thing as food, perhaps your internal compass knows deep down that alcohol isn't right for you and the guilt is is something to notice and reflect on. Or maybe it's because it's coming from diet culture and you're just thinking about it in terms of like, quote unquote, empty calories. And therefore, the guilt means you're on the path towards rejecting that. And you're on the path towards listening to a new internal compass system that's aligned to your values. And only you can know that for yourself and reflect on it. So just asking yourself, what am I feeling guilty about? And understanding where that's coming from. And if it's about the calories, then we can reject that. If it's about something else, like doing something that we know doesn't feel good for our body or using it to numb emotions, then we can be curious about that too. And I would suggest doing all of this in a very curious and non-judgmental way. There's nothing wrong if you do use alcohol to numb your emotions. It's just something that we can, we can reflect on and be curious and decide what we want to do about that. It's just information. So coming back to what you want your relationship to look like is going to be the key thing. Maybe you want to be able to have spontaneous drinks with friends and not worry about whether or not you worked out. That's great. That's awesome. That's your choice. Or maybe you want to limit your intake because it doesn't make you feel good the next day. Like that's cool too. So I hope that this has given you a bunch of questions to consider and some things to think about and how to start to redefine your relationship with it and and to see how that fits into intuitive eating. Personally, I used to drink a lot. Um, I used to be a party girl, like big time before you knew me, (laughs) unless you're one of my friends listening to this from back in the day, in which case you would know. But I would absolutely be like out there just like, you know, dancing on tables and drinking many drinks in a night. But, you know, in hindsight, I think a lot of that was... I'm an introvert and like it helped me to be more extroverted, (laughs) helped me to be more social, helping me be more comfortable in these social situations. And it was at a time when I had a really disordered relationship with food and exercise. And so I would be trying to make up for it with exercise. Like I would be like going to the gym at 6am the next day. Like it was just not, (laughs) there was a lot of bad things going on there. This was like a couple decades, decades ago now in my life. And yeah, that slowly tapered off as I got older and just kind of settled into the fact that, you know what, I really actually do just kind of like to stay home more on Saturday nights. And, and now I really, and I, and now that I have a kid, like, it's just so rare that I go out, but now when I have a drink, it's, you know, it's like, I'll have one And unless it's like a special occasion, like I'm going to a concert or I'm out with friends and then I might have more than that. But in total, I maybe have like three or four drinks a month. And I'm not saying you have to be like me, but I'm just, I've sort of been on both sides of the spectrum. And the reason why I do have like, I do have sort of like limitations or rules around it for myself is because I don't sleep. If I have a drink, I I won't sleep well at night and it sucks. So I have to have a drink like earlier in the afternoon, like sort of before dinner. That's usually when maybe I'll have one or like if we're at the beach in the afternoon, I'll have one. Otherwise, I don't sleep very well. And then I'm aggravated with myself the next day and I face the consequence of it. Sometimes I accept that like if I'm at a concert or something like that. And that's cool. The other reason I have to put these limitations on myself is because it 
really flares up my adenomyosis, which is like my extreme menstrual cramps. If I have any alcohol, it's like just lighting my uterus on fire. And so I cannot have that during the luteal phase of my cycle. I should probably actually try cutting it out completely for a bit to see how that affects it. Caffeine and alcohol are the two like major triggers for me. So that is, it's like really easy for me to be like, nope, can't have one because it just results in so much pain. And so, yeah, so I've just found like what works for me and specifically what works for my body. And, and, you know, sleep is more important to me now than it used to be because I have a young child that I have to be energetic with. I can't just lay on the couch all day and watch TV like I used to when I would go out drinking. So um, I, uh, I just don't want to have to live like that. I don't want to have to push through and be tired. That sucks. And I'm not saying again, that you should be like me at all. Rather, I've, I've kind of been, you know, on both sides of the spectrum and I certainly did not have a good relationship with it. I was in my hardcore dieting days. And so, you know, it's all about finding what works for you. But the last thing I wanted to circle back to is just something that really changed the way I think about alcohol. And that was reading Holly Whitaker's book, Quit Like a Woman. She was on the podcast, like I said, episode 157. And it's really amazing. Go check it out. She talks about the problems with alcohol culture and how it's marketed towards women as a way to sort of cope with the struggles that we've actually inherited due to the patriarchy and um, the problems with sort of like glamorized binge drinking and, um, you know, what that does to us. And she, we also talk about the intersection of diet culture and alcohol culture and how like alcohol culture similarly steals our time and energy and money in the same sort of way and kind of, you know, keeps us more like sort of feeds the, the, the oppression or like keeps us sort of like, you know, taking away our resources. So we don't have that time, energy and money to be able to uh, do better things with our life. Um, she also talks about how alcohol culture is embedded into female culture and the various ways this shows up in our everyday life. You know, one example with that, it would be like the whole like mommy needs wine messaging and the problems with that. So instead of getting to the root of what we really need, which is cultural change that stops putting all of the mental and physical load on us, it's saying, oh, just drink and make it all better. <laughs> and so um, that's hugely problematic. And she also talks about why alcohol is the new tobacco and the stats around that and specifically how it's impacting women at an increasing rate and how alcohol brands have co-opted feminist ideals to try to increase profit. So, I mean, you know me, well, maybe you don't, but if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you probably know me. Like, I love it when you really kind of understand the social justice side of things and you understand like the whole sort of way that things operate within a culture. And I just had no idea. I just hadn't really thought about it. You know, I just, it, or really looked at it or critiqued it, I guess, similar to like diet culture when I was was in it, I just didn't really critique it or see how there was anything wrong with it because it was so normalized. It's the same thing with alcohol culture. And so, yeah, just head over there, listen to episode 157. It really changed the way I think about alcohol and I encourage everyone to check it out. Yeah. And, and just finding what works for you, having a good relationship with it for you. So curious to know if this was helpful for you, let me know. You can always send me a DM or comment on any of the posts where I'm, I'm uh, talking about the, the latest episode, or if you have any other questions on it, let me know. I'd be happy to figure out a way to get you an answer to that. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. There's only going to be one more episode left in this season of the podcast. And then I'm going to be repeating some of the body image series episodes over the summer. And yeah, that's it for today. You can get the show notes at summerinandin.com forward slash 231. Thanks again for listening. Rock on. 
I'm Summer Inanen, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanen. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on. Rock on.